Finding the right cleat can be transformative. Believe me, I've worn plenty during my career. So getting the right balance is crucial. The cleat needs to feel good on your foot, but also feel good connecting with the ball. The New Balance Furon 7 Plus is built with both of those points in mind, offering overall comfort and precise striking in the game's fastest moments. Because, as I learned the hard way, because I didn't possess much of it, speed matters in soccer. That's why the Furon 7 Plus is built for accuracy and precision at rapid pace and is engineered specifically for use on firm ground. Why is this the ideal cleat, I hear you ask? Well, not to get too scientific, but the Furon 7 Plus offers a lightweight yet supportive hypo-knit with mesh lining upper construction and is paired with offset lacing for a truer strike of the ball, which is a long way of me saying that your game will immediately get better when these are on your feet. Learn more and purchase the Furon at NewBalance.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of Attacking Third, a CBS Sports Soccer Podcast. I'm Sandra Dera, CBS Sports leading NWSL writer, joined today by my colleague and co-host, NWSL analyst and play-by-play play announcer, Lisa Roman. Lisa, we got a lot to get through today. We have NWSL weekend action recap going on. We got to get through five games. A quick reminder to all of our listeners that you can follow us on Attacking Third, at Twitter, and then you can go ahead and find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere you find your shows. So go ahead and find us, leave us a rating and review. We would greatly, greatly appreciate it. But the weekend's over. Lisa, how are you feeling? Um, I'm feeling really good, Sandra. This was packed weekend, lots of games. I wasn't calling any this weekend, um, which is a nice little break, but I got to watch the games with some former players that I played with, some, some of my former teammates, some former NWSL nights. I don't know, former retired players. So that's really fun. <laughs> Just trying to create the acronyms for the NWSL players, NWSL nights. I like it. <laughs> We, uh, we're very creative. We're very on the fly. We're very snap, snappy, snappy on attacking third. I'm into it. Maybe we'll see if it sticks. Who knows? Uh, we've <laughs> Probably got, not, though. Probably not. We, Sandra, got, how was your weekend? Listen, I'm eager to talk about these games, but my weekend was also good. I got to tell you, I don't blame you for taking in some games with some NWSL nights, as you just mentioned. I'm trying to help you make it stick. Thank you. Uh, but, I mean, you know, we came off of a very busy stretch of almost 30 days there and covering uh, the Olympics, and it was a wild ride, and we had so many wonderful people joining us along for that wild ride, and uh, it's nice to settle back into NWSL, even though we didn't really say goodbye to it. We were doing all kinds of NWSL stuff alongside uh, Olympic coverage, but it's nice. Like, it, it's home. It's it's always NWSL is always okay. going to feel like home, so it's nice to just sort of settle in um, a little bit more of a routine than than we have been yeah. used to the last couple of weeks. Absolutely, because we launched this and we're very proud of it, and and everyone has uh, been so like overwhelming with their support of the show and everything. But it definitely launched like right in time for the uh, Olympics, so we definitely were like, oh, we'll be here triweekly and three times a week, and then it's a we were at, we were just bombarding everybody with the content. So now it's going to hopefully kind of trickle out for everyone and maybe they could uh, keep up with our with our schedule that we initially promised uh, so starting with this I mean I'm, I'm looking forward to chatting up these games recapping them for everybody we've got five games 
to get through Lisa. Uh, it was a triple header taking place on Saturday for NWSL action. A lot of good stuff there in the mix. Uh, I mean, kicking things off, we had uh, New Jersey, New York, Gotham FC versus North Carolina Courage. The Courage, I think in our preview, if I remember correctly, Lisa, we're talking about how the Courage are going on the road over to Gotham and seeing if they can maybe snap or shake themselves out of what they, a little bit of a, a slump. It was definitely a, a winless streak that they had going on. Just uh, couldn't really turn some of those close results into a win. And yet here they were going on the road, going away, going up against, quite frankly, the best defense in the league, right, on their home turf. And they end up walking away with a win in this one, 1-0 to North Carolina on a great goal for Meredith Speck. Uh, what did you think of this match, and what do we think this means maybe moving forward for North Carolina in the second half of the season? This was a huge game for North Carolina. Um, Gotham was on an eight-game unbeaten streak, and that was snapped by this Courage game, which is really huge for North Carolina, especially because they were in a bit of a rut over the last few weeks. Um, lots of changes happening there with players and personnel, and, and they're starting to get into it. Meredith Speck, you mentioned she got the goal for the Courage she also had an assist last week for the courage. So, hey, Meredith Speck, welcome. Thank yeah. you for showing your colors. This is fun. I love when players can find their groove and can start clicking consistently. So to have the assist last week, now she's got a goal. Um, and the consistency is really huge, especially as this regular season winds down. These teams need to be consistent week in and week out to secure those three points. Um, and, and North Carolina, they were back to their winning ways because they went back to how they traditionally like to play and how they succeed at playing. Um, getting the ball wide, using their outside backs, Merritt Mathias, Carson Ticket to really push up the flanks of the field and send crosses in. That's that's what they do well, and that's really what works out for them. Um, Amy Rodriguez, still quiet. She's making waves, though, for North Carolina, but she's still quiet, still searching for her goal um, in a Courage jersey. But I like her partnership with Jess McDonald. Um, Amy Rodriguez and Jess McDonald, they have something going there for them. They do. Yeah. It's it's coming along. I do think it was It, is. it was nice to see it, like mm -hmm. to get a look at that because – that was that's the other angle for this courage team is like they were dealing like every other team they were dealing with huge players like missing such key figures on the pitch in their starting 11 to the olympics but then also kind of having to go through some injuries kind of having to deal with some covid related things and we didn't really get to see that so it was really nice to see these two kind of veteran-esque type players and rodriguez and mcdonald kind of getting a chance to to finally uh, get some time together and I think like honestly like Meredith Speth getting that getting that goal uh, outside of maybe looking at somebody like a, a striker like McDonald or or Rodriguez is is kind of like fulfilling like you're always looking for that player who's maybe going to score the goal in kind of a rough streak like that that's going to like mm -hmm. kind of lift up the team a little bit and like Meredith Speck is like over the last couple of weeks has been doing some cool stuff for the courage you know picking up the assist last week and then coming in this week and then getting the goal. Yeah, I mean, why not her? Why isn't she the one to step up? So that's I do. I do like to see that. Um, and for Gotham, they were put on their heels a little bit from this North Carolina team. Um, of course, 
Caprice Didasco, man, she's so oh, good. So she's good. so fun to watch. She just dominates the flank. She continues to be such a threat. Uh, the entire offense runs through her when she gets up the field and she sends those crosses in. Um, she just continues to be fantastic and rise above every single week. And But North Carolina outplayed them throughout this one. And, and yeah, it is nice to see Speck getting on the board, knocking some digits down there for the score sheet. I like that. Yeah, for sure. Big win, narrow win, 1-0 for Kurds, but but huge when it comes to standings and stuff like that right now as, as all these teams sort of look ahead to this second half uh, of the season and uh, standing still kind of narrow. So uh, good good on the Kurds for kind of picking those things up and a really nice win to kind of pick up as eventually mm-hmm. more and more players are kind of uh, showing their way back into the league from uh, Olympic duty. But looking Ahead to the uh, second match of this triple header, we had Washington Spirit hosting Portland Thorns FC. We had this one circled, Lisa. I remember when we were going through this preview, we were like, man, this this might be a game for people to kind of keep their eye on because we have the Portland Thorns who are in first place kind of having this very, very, not kind of, absolutely having this impressive <laughs> run. During Don't play it now, Yeah, let me Don't not play it play this. That's absolutely disrespectful I'm, on my part. Jeez. I'll call you out. Don't worry. Yeah, we, we have a first place Portland Thorns team that have been in first forever and uh, did so and really kind of excelled in that first place category over the course of this Olympic stretch, uh, but on the road to a spirit side that we're maybe looking for a little bit of a bounce back. So we kind of had, like we kind of set the table a little bit for this match and we were like, man, maybe we're going to see, you know, a, a very kind of a competitive match. So it wasn't a high scoring match. Portland ended up, took, ended up taking this one on the road one to zero. Uh, but there was a lot of fun stuff happening in between the lines on this pitch. Lisa, what, what did you, what were your takeaways from this one? Oh, we have to start with the starting lineups. Huge shout out to Olivia Moultrie. She got her first start for the Portland Thorns, the youngest player to get a start in the NWSL. I mean, it's a huge accomplishment, Sandra. Like, we got to give her a huge shout out. And on a team that's, like we talked about, leading this league, they're staying at the top of the table. So for her to get that start in that kind of position just shows her skill and her commitment and her dedication and her ability to be growing constantly over this time. So to get those minutes, game minutes against a team like Washington is really big uh, because Washington puts up a good fight. This was uh, the first meeting between these two teams for this 2021 season. Um, And remember heading into this one, Portland at the top of the table, five points ahead of the number two at the time, Gotham going into this weekend. So Portland didn't really have too much to lose in the sense of their starting or their number one spot in the table. However, at this point in the season, you can't drop two points. You can't drop three points, especially with a loss. Um, And and now Portland, their last five games, they've scored seven goals, a bunch of clean sheets for them. I mean, five Mm -hmm. clean sheets in their last eight games after this one, which is so big for them. But there was a lot of missed goals in this game. There were. I'm going to point it out. There were so many bright spots, but I'm going to start with all of this that happened. Um, Olivia Moultrie, yeah, she got the start. Great job for her. She ended up with an assist in this one. First five minutes, she gets a shot off, and it ricochets off the post. Oh, Sandra, it gave me chills watching that. I was like, if this is what we get from Olivia Moultrie five minutes into this match. The post had a day (laughs) in this match, honestly. If we, were, if we if we gave all that shine and attention to own goal, we absolutely yeah. have to give credit to post. 
that's exactly right. I mean, this one from Olivia Moultrie was, it was really well struck. It was a really nice job. And then Takarada for Washington, she nailed one off the crossbar. This is what you're talking about, Sandra. But uh, Portland overall putting a lot of high pressure on on Washington and their spirit. Um, And Washington made some mistakes in their back line. Sophia Smith picking up the ball should have had a goal doesn't there we it's so unlike her we don't see that very much it was right before halftime I believe she uh Smith picks off a pass from Washington Spirit um Spirit just trying to build out and and Angela Salem stepping up a lot Olivia Moultrie stepping up on this play to put that high pressure on that Portland had throughout the entire game mostly the first half though is really where they they put on all that pressure and Sophia Smith picks it up she dribbles towards the goal I was I maybe cursed her from my own home and I was like, oh yeah, she's going to score this one, knocks this one down. She doesn't. Um, That was her chance. And we don't see her miss that very much, Um, which is lucky for Washington, honestly, to have Sophia Smith miss that shot. Yeah. It's, you know what? And it's almost, it's been a little bit of a trend. I mean, yeah, we could, we can compliment a player like Smith and say like she doesn't typically miss those, but I think like maybe the thorns as a whole has definitely, there's a lot of footage for them to look back during this Olympic stretch and sort of say like, Hey, we probably should have had way more than one or two goals, like an X game, Y game or Z game. You know what I mean? They, they are, they have definitely, they're that high pressing attacking team that people are sort of already familiar with seeing week in and week out. And they're like, kind of padding that shot t- totals, but then you see the scoreline and you're like, oh, wow, like only one of those? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. And <laughs> another player that's watching this game film from from this match and shaking her head, Trinity Rodman. Oh, man. Uh, it, yeah. it was Ashley Sanchez. It was early in this first half of this game. Um, she picks off a pass from Portland. Portland trying to build out of the back. That's That was the fun thing. Both these teams really like to build out with high press against them. And there are times when if you can capitalize on those moments where the ball comes in and it's it's off the mark, and that's what Sanchez did here. She she was able to pick off this pass, and Portland was immediately out of defensive shape because they were looking to go in transition. Trinity Rodman wide open on the other side of the field. Sanchez plays her a great ball through, and Trinity Rodman just took her sweet old time. And so Kristen Westfall was able to slide in there for Portland, uh, who – she got the first start for Portland today, one of her first starts. So that was huge for her making an incredible sliding save on this Trinity Rodman shot that frankly, it should have been a goal. It was almost similar to the the setup of Sophia Smith's um, two players that know how to score, know how to find the back of the net that couldn't. And they just didn't on these shots that they should have put away when it's just them against a goalkeeper and, and they slow down too much. You have to go quick in those moments and not take them for granted. Yeah, absolutely. I it just uh, I think even you look at the scoreline and and maybe you look at it and you're like, oh, like, what did I really miss? But I love those very uh, intense, highly competitive matches that we get to see in NWSL, like those matches that you can point to and say, like, you know, that feed the narrative of of mm-hmm. the fact that this is one of the most competitive leagues in the in the world. Right. And you, this is one of those games for me, I think, like over the weekend, where we can sort of look at and, and kind of pinpoint and say, like, this is what happens, you know, in this in, in this league kind of week in and week out. And it just was it ended up going in, in the favor of the Florence where I ended up walking away with another win under their belt to add and, you know, to give some more padding to that first place uh, standing that they've got on the table right now. 
and then sort of kind of putting a feather in the cap of this this Olympic stretch of games. And that's such a testament to, yes, of course, all of the players who have been putting in these performances week in and week out for this team during this time. But, you know, it's also a testament to to the coaching staff, Mark mm-hmm. Parsons, and what they've been building over, building over time with the Thorns, you know, really in preparation for this for this window a bit, you know, coming out of that 2019 season and, and kind of having a, a not so much of a fire sale, but definitely saying some goodbyes and adios and everything else to certain players in the off season, it almost kind of felt like a real world turn a turnover of things. And sometimes when that happens and you lose so many players, uh, you kind of wonder what's next. Right. Uh, but talk about a quick turnaround, especially coming off of what 2020 ended up playing out to be uh, for so many for so many clubs and so many teams across across the league in light of the pandemic that here they are in 2021 in the midst of a regular season, not skipping a beat. No. You know, it's it's so impressive. And Mark Parsons has such an issue on his hand. A great, a great problem to have now with all these Olympians returning yeah. from Tokyo. He has a star team that's filled the shoes seamlessly of the players that were were gone over this Olympic stretch. And now they're back. I think the competition at training is just going to be phenomenal because the players that have earned their starts and earned a lot of minutes for this Thorns team over this the last few weeks are gonna want to continue to start. Um, and and Sandra, we just have to shine some light on the goal for the Portland Thorns because it was Olivia Moultrie. She had the assist, ball wide on the flank. Her cross in was stunning, stunning. Yeah. I, if this is the future of Olivia Moultrie in the NWSL, it's yes, I'm bright. here for it. And she connects with Simone Charlie, um, who finds the ball on her head and then sails it towards the back of the net, which is Simone Charlie's her her gift to the world is heading the ball, which is something that she wasn't so great at last year, really worked on in the offseason. And man, it's come to fruition this season because this goal was beautiful from the way it was crossed in to how it was headed and everything before and after it. Um, so I did want to shine some light on the beautiful goal that we did see from this Thorns team. Delightful. And uh, I'm sure there will be more. As like we said, a lot of their Olympic players start returning from international duty last one of this Saturday triple header it was over before it really even began Lisa we had OL rain taking on Houston dash folks the scoreline I think mostly really does say it all when you look at it it's it's 5-1 but when you look a little bit closer <laughs> Houston did not actually score their goal it was an own goal that was credited to O.L. Rain defender Alana Cook. So really, <laughs> O.L. Rain getting all of the goals uh, in this <laughs> one, quite frankly. Some real, real classic NWSL after dark energy in this one. Just chaotic. O.L. Rain on the front foot from the opening whistle. Bethany, let's just run them down. Let's just run yeah, them yeah. down. So Bethany Balser in the sixth minute, assisted by Jessica Fishlock. Sophia Huerta in the 19th minute, assisted by Eugenie Le Somer. An own goal for the dash in the 30th minute. Uh, you know, courtesy of Alana Cook. You have Eugenie Le Somer with another goal for Oil Rain in the 35th minute. Jessica Fishlock with a banger. That's the one I want to highlight for sure. Uh, in the 42nd minute, assisted by Le Somer. And then Bethany Balser again in the 46th minute uh, with an assist from Jess Fishlock. I mean, there's a, there's a trend here. There's a theme. Um, 
Balser Huerta, Lissomir, Hold on, Sandra, I don't mean to cut you off there, but if you're listening to this podcast and you didn't get a chance to watch this game and you were paying attention to the minutes that Sandra was reading off of these goals, they were all in the first half. half. (laughs) You literally just have to watch like 45 minutes of this game. It's uh, You'll see everything you need to see. It's amazing. Yeah, for sure. It it was... uh, it was just the chaotic energy that everybody wanted for their Saturday night, quite frankly. Um, and yeah, those those four names that I just kind of rattled out, I mean, huge games for for these players and O.L. Reign. And honestly, these particular players just kind of um, really having their say and kind of dragging O.L. Reign mm-hmm. back to a place where they always wanted to find themselves, which is really in the conversation of uh, one of these playoff spots, you know, as, as we look ahead into the second half of the season, but just uh, quite a game, quite a game when you're looking at the scoreline. This game was phenomenal. Like you mentioned, just watch the first 45 minutes, guys. If, if you're looking for something to do during your work day, throw it on and you'll be highly entertained. It was fun. Um, and, and Bethany Balser, she gets a brace in this game, um, really good goals from her, and and her goal as well. I know you highlighted Jess Fishlocks with which yes, incredible banger. But Lissomer, she gets a, an original header on the ball as it's crossed into the box. It's actually saved. Uh, Lindsay Harris for Houston gets her hands on it and she saves it, but she bats it down in front of the box. And Houston defenders are there, but no one really steps to it except Lissomer. She gets her own follow up. Um, the veteran knows how to play and she understands the grit and the determination to get the ball in the back of the bet back of the net because she did that um and bethany balser she gets a brace in this game two goals which takes her to the top of the golden boot chart the the leadership score alongside ashley hatch and sydney larue but only for like 24 hours uh we'll get to that of course but this game was was fun and houston their one goal that they did get that, that ended up being the own goal um i i think that Shay Groom did p- provide pr- pressure on that one when yeah, all the own goals are happening. And and I try to just say, yeah. like, hey, the offense did something. I mean, they did. Own, they yeah. did. own goals happen for a reason. They do <laughs> happen for a reason. And Shay Groom was putting a lot of pressure on. She, at times, she looked like a chicken with her head cut off in this game, just running around yeah. trying to, to, to settle down the game for her side and for this team in orange. But she did create this own goal running towards the defender who's facing their own goal in Alana Cook, um, and it happens. So an, a nice job to Shea Groom, who's able to create something out of really not much that Houston had throughout this game. Absolutely. Uh, oh, rain, racking them in, getting it done. It's uh, very impressive. They extend uh, their win streak to three. Uh, Houston Dash, unfortunately, continue their streak of never winning away to the rain. And that also continues. Uh, so we'll see what happens. I don't believe it's the last time that these team, two teams are going to meet in the regular season. So we'll see what happens uh, moving forward. But all rain definitely looking like a team that has finally got some things figured out. I know there was a lot of conversation, a lot of chatter about, you know, if this team was going to be able to really find themselves playing as sort of a cohesive unit with so many pieces coming, another team with so many pieces coming in and out um, and new additions in, in these players on loan with the team. And 
a Marozen or a Le Somer or a Buadi. And uh, we're starting to see all of that kind of come together. So it's going to be a very entertaining team to watch uh, down the stretch of this second half of the season. But that was it for Saturday. That wrapped up the triple header. We've got a double header to close out the recap of games on Sunday. Uh, but first, a hydration break, and then we will be back to recap those two games. Cheers. Hey, it's Lisa Carlin from Attacking Third to tell you about the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. It's equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend. The Hyundai Santa Fe features available all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, plus available dual wireless charging pads, ensuring that you can take on any adventure. It's ski season, and with the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe, I can easily load the car with all my gear plus my friends in the third row and make it right to the base of the slopes with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Sunday, 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 what a day. Two games closing out NWSL action, kicking things off. Lisa, we touted this game as a battle of two bottom table teams going head to head. And while there is a ton of separation uh, between them in terms of points, because that's true, there was a huge uh, gap between them in terms of the points. They still sat nine to 10. So there was always a chance for those type of games uh, to have a little bit of extra chaotic energy, perhaps. And uh, we saw really a tale of two halves, I think in this one, um, Interesting play between the two sides, kind of playing out to 1-1 draw and then racing Louisville, turning things on and walking away with the win in this one. End up taking it 3-1 at home against Kansas City. What were some of your main takeaways uh, from these two teams, Lisa? Sandra, like you mentioned, I, I wanted to see Kansas City on top. I did. I wanted them to get a win. We both did. We I both know. Did. Like, In the preview, we were like, this could be it. This could be the one. And it was not. <laughs> we put all our eggs in their basket. We really did. I was rooting for them, and they're not my team. I was rooting for them. I wanted them to see it. However, Louisville gave a great game in this one. Racing came out, and, and they said, hey, we're at the bottom, but there's separation. We're going to show you why there's big separation in this point gap. Um, I will say it was 1-1 at half. Uh, Kansas City got a goal right before halftime. Um, this was actually like a little crazy how it all came about. There was five minutes added on at the end of the first half. In the eighth minute of added time, Kansas City is able to to get that goal. Uh, Darian Jenkins, um, she gets this one. But that's like, it just goes to show for Kansas City, you can never give up. Play till the very last whistle. Any team, any player that's playing, you go until the very last whistle because time can continue to tick. And I think for Louisville in those moments, they were 
just waiting for the whistle to come. They were thinking they were riding into this halftime uh, up a goal, but Kansas City responding. Um, but Savannah McCaskill, she had a really good game for Racing Louisville. She got two assists in this game. Um, really nice job by her. She she continues to be the playmaker for them. And sometimes she gets put under a lot of pressure because she takes the team on her back and she's the one that drives the, the attack forward and she's the one that has to connect those passes and break those lines of opponents. And that can be really tricky for her as someone who is also sitting back and playing that such a defensive role to break up opponents transitional play. Um, and I think today she really found the seams of the game where she could fit into and, and play on both sides of the ball. And of course, attackingly, she, she contributed to the goals, which is huge for her. Um, this, this game was, good for Louisville. Kansas City still making defensive mistakes that yeah. need to be cleaned up and I, I, they got to yeah. learn. They have to learn sometimes, Sandra. I, you know, it's interesting watching this Kansas City team um, moving forward in this second half of the season um, because I liked what we saw out of them in terms of their their buildup and some of their very interesting interlinking attacking play. And uh, it's like one component of the game, right? It's just it's just one. It's just like one component of the game that looked uh, sufficient, right? It looked like a, a good performance that would eventually translate into goals and who knows, possibly a win, but it just didn't happen. And like getting that very early goal uh, in the second half, you know, from Darian Jenkins, a player who has definitely been working her way back uh, from certain things, whether it's, you know, been around the league going from, from you know, from team to team. So it's like those type of things are like, yes, like those are very motivating things for a team. But, oh, my God, to just sort of concede so quickly after that, you're talking about just a minute later. And I mean, I, I'm not mad about it because <laughs> I've gone on record about someone being so excited to have Nadia Nadim back in the league. And you're talking about just like a full not like a minute later, just getting the go ahead goal for for Louisville after conceding so quickly to start off uh, the second half. And again, you, like you shouted out McCaskill setting that up. So just uh, having that that quick turnaround, maybe for a team like Kansas City, maybe a moment like that could possibly be deflating. But they didn't look like that necessarily, despite kind of conceding uh, that very quick uh, equalizing and then conceding that very, very quick uh, go-ahead goal. There was a, a lot of fun just sort of back and mm -hmm. forth uh, between the two teams, uh, but Louisville coming away with it. And I love that they iced it with Shayna Matthews. <laughs> like there was a, that's the other thing for me, I think coming out of this particular game, I'm like, God, we got to see like so many cool things happen. There were cool things that happened in this game. And I love to point out all the fun and cool things because soccer should be fun and cool and not like uh, uptight and tense. It should be cool and fun. Um, so yeah, like seeing Darian Jenkins get her first goal and then Nadi Nadim, like, you know, yeah. having her statement and then Shayna Matthews, like a player that making her have made her way back from pregnancy, a player that Louisville really targeted, kind of picked up off of waivers and said, Hey, you're going to let this player go on the waiver. We're going to pick her up and, and have her be part of our team and what we're trying to build here in Louisville. So I love that, uh, that, you know, the mom got a goal at the end of this game uh, and the 86 minutes to just sort of uh, put a yeah. little bow on it. Yes, it, it was a good goal. And for Louisville too, to, to get three on the board, that's huge. And, and, um, 
I don't know. It gives confidence to the team. And like you mentioned, Sheena Matthews, she was fresh off the bench when this goal happened. And it was a really big mistake by Kansas City. It was a throw-in. It was a square ball throw-in and didn't go at all to to where it was supposed to go to the players. And Matthews, fresh off the bench, she picks it up and, and she walks it into the back of the net. Beautiful job by her. She does sidestep the goal, goalkeeper, which isn't always easy to do when they can use their hands and, and lay out. But... She didn't take any chances on kicking it, passing it, shooting it. She decides to walk it into the back of the net. Smart move by her. Celebration was exciting, like you mentioned. Like This was a big goal for her and a big goal for her confidence, and I love to see that. Yeah, for sure. Let's close it out. Last one of Sunday, we've got Chicago Red Stars hosting Orlando Pride. Two teams, another set of teams meeting for the first time in this regular season. It's hard to imagine that we're in this second half of the season and there's a, a couple teams that are, are still meeting for the first time um, in 2021. But fun fact, for these two teams in particular, this was actually their first meeting since 2019. Uh, just circumstance, again, the ongoing pandemic has just not allowed these two teams to go head-to-head since 2019. They, they were unable to face off against each other uh, during the Challenge Cup, uh, and then obviously with with Fall Series being in different areas with teams in in certain pods, and then this 2021 Challenge Cup uh, divided up into East and Western pods, just the opportunity didn't present itself again. So the last time these two teams met, they were two completely uh, sort of different teams, but here they were, both at SeatGeek and played out to a 2-0 win in favor of Orlando Pride, who ended uh, we're talking we started this podcast episode with some peculiar streaks and then here comes orlando pride with one of their own north carolina courage ending a winless streak and now orlando pride doing the same thing in the same weekend against uh, chicago they had a six game winless streak going on and they slayed that demon against Chicago Red Stars 2-0 goals from Jody Taylor and Sydney LaRue. Uh, a lot of uh, questionable moments, I think, uh, for for the teams. If you're looking at this and you're looking at uh, maybe some of the injuries that occurred in this match, maybe some of the yellows uh, that were issued, um, a lot of uh, stuff in between the lines that people maybe aren't happy about, which isn't, isn't brand new, unfortunately, when uh, talking about or covering some of these games. But uh, I think we need to highlight a particular player in this in this game, and it's uh, it's Sydney Larue, Lisa. Sydney Larue. I mentioned it when we talked about Oil Rain. Bethany Balser. She was at the top of of the scoring leaderboard for a, a few hours there, and Sydney Larue notching a goal in this game. It's this is fun. This is fun to see from her. It came at the very end of the game, but it didn't matter. She is finding her form, and you know that she's always going to turn it on and continue to do that. And Orlando was in a bit of a rut, a scoring rut offensively over the last few weeks. Um, winless in their last seven. Their confidence in their attack just wasn't there fully. There were games where it looked like Sydney LaRue had – had everything. She was doing it all for them. Um, And then in moments like this game uh, against Chicago, it becomes more of a team effort. um, And the momentum into this one is really, really huge for her. But Sydney LaRue, she's good and she's fun to see. And we have to give a shout out to Jody Taylor too. Um, The newcomers in this league, Sandra, Les Somer, Nadia Nadim, and Taylor for Orlando, they're doing what they were brought in to do. And that is 
score goals for Taylor. Um, the English international, she's been with the club for about a month, I believe. And, and she was brought in to be a goal scorer. And that's exactly what she did. A quick over the top ball into the run of Taylor. She had three Chicago defenders on her or, or closing in around her, not necessarily tight enough to stop her, but she's just so good that it didn't even matter. And she ends up with the goal. And I think we have to give a shout out to Allie Krieger. Two assists. Great assists. In two games. I mean, that's pretty good from us. A defensive back yeah i mean honestly it came at a it came at a great time uh, yeah to be to be completely honest i mean you're talking about uh being on the road uh hot day in chicago uh for sure if i do say so from a personal experience <laughs> um warm warm day on sunday um hydration breaks had to happen in, in that one so, oh, so they don't just happen with attacking third. They happen all over the field, too. <laughs> all, all over the field <laughs> and all over the pitch in NWSL. We uh, just simply participate. But, you know, up until that point, uh, Chicago really kind of executing their game plan uh, up mm-hmm. until that up until that goal, quite frankly, just uh, getting a lot of uh, good looks in the opposition's half, kind of having some dangerous moments there uh, in the final third. But again, like what we see sometimes throughout this league, even though you're looking like this, you're creating this very dynamic play or like this interlinking uh, combination play and not getting the goals. And then you're just all of a sudden you're paid, you you pay for those uh, missed opportunities. And that's kind of what ended up happening in this one. Orlando just doing a very good job of being able to kind of sustain this pressure from Chicago. And then the two savvy veterans linking up for the opening breakthrough goal for Orlando with Krieger with this great ball over the top. And then uh, Taylor being able to just go ahead and just instinctually put a foot on the ball. Like she really didn't take too many touches once she received this ball. It was just, uh, it was just in the back of the net before I think Chicago even realized how these two players were uh, in particular were linking up. So uh, they carried the, the one, the one zero lead into halftime. And then you had Sydney LaRue putting it on ice in the 89th minute. Yeah, I mean, really great stuff. And and head coach uh, for Orlando Pride, Becky Burley, getting her first win with this squad and this club, which is really huge for her. Um, Sandra, we have to pick your brain because the Chicago game. Can you give us any insight on injuries that happened or anything that that's going going on with there and the players that that left the field during this game? Yeah, two really unfortunate um, substitutions occurring in the match with really uh, two key players in Morgan Gatra and Danny Coloprico um, coming off of the pitch, just sort of, uh, quite frankly, just poor tackles. You got to call them like you receive, you see them on the replays. They were just not good tackles, just really mm-hmm. unfortunate. Um, and just a bit of physical play at that point, because sometimes even though you have a lead, Right. And then maybe the other team, even though you're still trying to carry that lead, the other team could be providing some some pressure and some some looks that maybe you're trying to do your best to to disrupt and you disrupt them real good. So much to the point where maybe uh, you perform a questionable tackle or a questionable foul. And uh, there was a lot of uh, back and forth in terms of what was going on and, or what wasn't going on mm-hmm. on the pitch. Um, yellows being issued to the coaching sideline, even though their particular players were the ones that were being carried off. Um, so, yeah, just unfortunate scenes towards the end of the game with somebody like Morgan Gatra with a wrapped knee and crutches. Uh, Rory Dames 
you know, making a little bit of a quip in the post game saying that he's retiring from uh, talking about refereeing and officiating in this league, uh, implying that he's been talking about it for a long time. And that's not just this season. Um, covered I've covered Rory Dames for a very very long time in this league it's not something that is a, a new topic of conversation when it comes to the officiating um, in the league um, but j- he did confirm that there would probably be an MRI for both of the players uh, for Gatra specifically it would be on the right knee and uh, that's all he could really comment on that for now so who knows maybe you and I Lisa will have uh, uh, additional updates you know in one of our further episodes but as of now that's uh, that's where that stands and uh, it's just real unfortunate you just never want a game to get out of control like mm-hmm. that and that kind of starts and ends with the officiating and that probably is what Dames is alluding to when he says what he says in the post games um, and it's just really unfortunate that you look at a game like that and you you kind of wonder and assume automatically that the league's disciplinary committee will come into play. And that's very unfortunate because they've come into play a lot during yeah. this season. And you hate to see a game determined by factors that aren't the players and the goal scoring opportunities and, and things like that when it does come down to officiating and calls that are or are not made. Um, it's, it's a topic of conversation, Sandra, and we'll keep hitting you guys with all the info that we have and, and our takes on it. Um, and I'm sure there'll be more information to come throughout this week as they take a look at it and the league looks at it again and, and everything that happened. I mean, it's a shame. And those poor players, it's such a shame, especially Chicago. They've had, this is now their third midfielder this year. Uh, with an injury in, in that middle of the park. Remember, Julia, it's very, very early on. Yeah, first game of the season. back after yeah. this Olympic stretch that she yeah. dominated. She's clearly back, but it's it's sad. You hate to see that. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough, especially for a player like Gatra, who just, you mm-hmm. know, just was was named to the NWSL team of the month and uh, kind of coming off of like a really big month with the Red Stars where they went like on a three game, you know, win streak of their own and um, has really just kind of quietly had like a really strong MVP like uh, season for the Red Stars mm-hmm. in their midfield um, because they have a lot of midfield rotation. They have a lot of midfielders, period, <laughs> on the Chicago Red Stars. But um, even within the rotation, like Morgan Gatra has kind of been that constant. She's been like the one uh, steady factor. So it's uh, it's going to be disruptive uh, no matter what period of time she finds herself uh, out of. But we'll we'll keep everybody updated as, as updates roll out. Uh, but as for now, the second half of the season is already shaken up to be a real, real banger, Lisa. Let's take a look at these standings to sort of uh, close out the episode. We've got a number of points still separating teams from first place to sixth place, which are all of the playoff positions. It's about nine points clearing from one to six. And of course, in first place, as they have been for weeks now, Portland Thorns in first with 28 points, North Carolina Courage in second place with 21 points. Gotham FC in third place with 20 points. Orlando Pride back in the mix in fourth place with 20 points. Chicago Red Stars in fifth with 20 points. And Ole Reign have broken the plane at sixth place with 19 points. Washington Spirit in seventh place with 18 points. Houston Dash in eighth place. And Racing Louisville FC with 14 points in ninth place. And Kansas City NWSL in tenth place with four points. So it's going to be a ride, Lisa, this second half. 
It is. And Portland continuing to separate themselves. I mean, they have 28 points. North Carolina has 21 sitting at number two. It's That separation is going to be huge, huge as this regular season winds down. And every single point matters. And if you can take points off teams, that is really big. And Portland did that. They did that against Washington this week. And that's all it comes down to. Sandra, I'm excited. Excited for what's to come. It's going to be good. And we're going to be here to to cover it all. We've got more NWSL games happening. We've got mini tournaments happening within this NWSL season that are going to be coming. We'll have more information on that uh, coming through. But I can't wait to get into all of it. Uh, I just want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, a quick reminder to you all to follow us on Twitter at Attacking Third. Uh, I need to let you know that we are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere you listen to all your shows. Uh, we're also available as video, so please subscribe to us on YouTube. Just visit youtube.com slash Attacking Third. And uh, we will be back on Wednesday with more NWSL news and updates for you all. So for Sandra Herrera and Lisa Roman, this was Attacking Third. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply.